0: Here's Frank Sinatra, transcribed as Rocky Fortune. Frank Sinatra, starring as that footloose and fancy free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune. With the tabloids whispering about unemployment and 24-point headlines, a guy out of work gets the feeling he should grab anything that comes along. So when the kind lady at Uncle's Employment Service hands me a pink slip for an interview, I say yes before I read it. And after I read it, I'm not so sure. Adventurous young man with no family connections, desirous of serving mankind. Exceptional opportunity, unusual pay. Zenith Foundation, 45 Mugman Street. Experimental work, highly dangerous. I locate 45 Mugman Street, which is a shabby little building in a shabby part of town, and I haul myself up five rickety flights to an office with a glass door. Come in. Uh, is this the Zenith Foundation?
1: It could be. I got a slip. Just have it. Fortune, huh? Rocky fortune. No family?
0: None to speak of. Turn around.
1: What for? Because I say so.
0: Anything you say, pal.
1: Take out your wallet and toss it here.
0: Oh, is that kind of Dodge, huh? There's
1: only three bucks in it. Take it easy. I have to check it.
0: Okay, you're holding the artillery.
1: Oh, let's have a look. No pictures. Home address, 55 Bleakman Street. What kind of place? Roman House. Honorable discharge from the Army. Three citations. Where? Anzio. Uh, health good? Terrible, but I ignore it. Uh. Driver's license, chauffeur's license, hack, steamfitters union, maritime card... Truckers. You're a drifter, huh? Yeah, I've been around a lot. How come?
0: I get restless. I was born that way.
1: You go away for a long time, ever?
0: Yeah, three, four months.
1: So nobody'd miss you particularly?
0: Not particularly. You clean? You mean jail?
1: I mean everything. Police record prints, booked. Clean. All right, turn around. As you want it.
0: One, two, three bucks.
1: Yeah, it's all there. Okay, Fortune. You can meet the boss.
0: I'm not so sure I want to. Is this thing legit?
1: It is not only legitimate, it's top secret. Let's go. Where? Utah. How's that? That's where the job is, a ranch in the Utah desert.
0: Oh, well, I'll pack my stuff and notify the landlady. You won't need the
1: stuff. We supply the uniforms and equipment. You can write your landlady. It's better that way.
0: And what'll I tell her?
1: Tell her you're going away. You're going to go a long ways. You'll be gone for a long time. Tell her you may never come back.
0: Two hours later, Milton, that's the bum's name, and me are on a plane headed for Utah. I still don't know where or why I'm going or what I do when I get there, but I figure any kind of a job is better than starvation. Besides, I can always quit. I keep telling myself.
1: Okay, Chester, set it down.
0: Is that it? That's it. Yeah, hey, that's pretty deserted. How come they got such a big house on the middle of the desert?
1: The house belongs to the boss. Ah, this is where we get out. Ah, let's go.
0: We head for a big house. It looks like somebody moved an old castle over from Scotland piece by piece. Out behind the castle is the biggest barn you ever saw. Only something tells me cows can't live on sand, so I must have something else inside. What really gets me, though, is the barbed wire all over the joint. We head for the main entrance.
1: Halt! It's okay, Hobby.
0: Oh, it's you, Mr. Milton.
1: The boss inside?
0: Yeah, he's in there with the professor and his secretary.
1: Let me just go right in. What a layout. This way. I mean? Well, Milton, I see you found a man. Uh, Rocky Fortune, this is Colonel Sam Jones. The Sam
0: Jones? The man who owns half the oil wells. All the oil wells, boy, all of them. Oh, glad to know you.
1: This is Professor von Gluck. A pleasure, I'm sure. And Colonel Jones' secretary, Helen uh, Crandall. My pleasure.
0: You're from New York, aren't you? Brooklyn. So am I.
1: Isn't, Isn't it a small, small world? world? Sure. Yeah.
2: I think before we continue our discussion, we should inform Mr. Fortune of why he was selected for the job.
1: By all means. Mr. Fortune, as you know, I'm a wealthy man. So my broker tells me. Well, about a year ago, I became interested in science fiction. You know, reading them magazines about rocket ships and men from Mars.
0: Dimension X.
1: The only thing is, Mr. Fortune, those magazines are not as far-fetched as you might think.
0: I'm still with you. Much of
1: them is devoted to genuine scientific study.
0: I think you're losing me now.
1: Well, to put the whole thing into a coyote's here. I got to reading about the research the Army's doing on space travel.
0: You mean space
2: travel?
1: Exactly. For example, did you know that the Army now has a whole Department of Space Medicine? Did you know, sir, that rockets are being devised, which have already gotten past the pull of the Earth's gravity?
0: I seem to remember a picture of some mice in a rocket. They were kind of floating upside down or something. Uh,
1: Exactly. Well, sir, I began corresponding with a magazine telling of my interest. Then one day I saw an article by Professor Van Gluck here announcing a new type rocket ship he'd invented.
0: Well, congratulations. Thank you. Go on, Colonel. Well,
1: to put the whole thing in a coyote's ear, I decided to devote the remainder of my life to helping develop interplanetary travel.
0: You just lost me.
1: I established, with the professor's help, the Zenith American Foundation for the Promotion of Interplanetary Travel, commonly known as Zephyr. Zephyr?
0: That's clever. Where do I fit in all this thing? Well, I'm
1: coming to that, son. Well, so it wasn't six months before we got the professor's rocket off the drawing board and into the pilot model stage. And that's what we're working on now.
2: I should explain that the final rocket will be some 20 stories high and will carry a crew of 212. The pilot model is only three stories high and carries a crew of one. That's you.
0: No, Miss Fortune. That's you. Yeah, well, it's been nice. I enjoyed the plane, sir. You got a nice little uh, shack here, and I'll see you around. Just
1: a minute, Jack. You ain't leaving till the Colonel is finished. Now, look, pal.
0: Now you look. I'm looking. And I'm staying.
1: Just hear me out, son.
0: I got no choice. Continue.
1: Well, the professor here shows me this model is absolutely foolproof. All you got to do is let her shoot her up to the ionosphere and fall back to Earth. Fall? She's equipped with chutes that open when she strikes the Earth's atmosphere. Colonel. And in recognition of your service... I ain't going to do it, we Colonel. We will
0: pay you... I don't care how much you... thousand dollars You pay me, I... In cash. When do I leave? You'll do it. Did you say ten grand? Okay. I'll do it. Colonel, the way me and money have been separated lately for ten grand, I'd fly to the moon on a Roman candle. Good
1: boy. Professor,
0: you've got your man. That's it. They give me a room with a view of Salt Lake Desert and all the room service I can tolerate. I kind of feel a little tired, so I stretch out for a snooze. And I'm no longer alone. Who's that? Shh. It's me. What's the shh about? I don't want them to hear me. Who's them? The professor and Milton. Well, in that case, maybe you ought to shut the door. Okay, what's on your mind? I I came to warn you. Okay, warn me. Get away from here. I like it here. I'll kill you. Yeah, I'm gonna die one way or another anyway. Please, I'm not joking. Look, Miss Crandall, maybe you better get to the point, huh? The rocket ship that... Shh. Somebody's coming. Yeah. Let's make like we're necking. Well, well... Doesn't anybody ever bother to knock in this joint? I
1: see you and Miss Crandall are getting
0: acquainted. I was just showing her a few holes. I used to be a wrestler. Flyweight. You don't waste much time. I don't have much time, pal. I may be on my way to Mars in a couple of days. The
1: professor wants to show you the ship. Fine. Where to? It's out back in the barn.
0: We go out into the barn, which is a three-story concrete building with what looks like a silo at one end. We go through five sets of electric doors, and I find out it ain't a wheat silo at all. It's a rocket ship. The same kind you see in the comic books. All shiny and streamlined. So we walk over to the colonel and the professor standing near the platform.
1: There she is, my boy, the colonel's lady. Named to myself. It's
0: very nice. Only one thing. Yes? Does it fly?
1: (laughs) I love this boy!
0: Sunk, this
1: ship has incited the greatest development in engines since Einstein opened the atom. She'll fly from here to eternity if we wanted to.
2: How about a look inside? Well, now, I... Absolutely verboten. I will not risk having any foreign agents steal my design. Buster, do you remember me? I'm supposed to fly this harpoon. When the time comes, all you will have to do is step inside. All controls are preset. Just the same, I'd like to look around. Absolutely verboten. You said that before. Okay, but just
0: remember, I might decide to quit.
2: Mr. Fortune, once I have introduced you to my secret designs for space equipment, it will be too late to quit. You understand?
1: Uh, What the professor means, boy, is once you're in on the secrets, we, uh, we can't permit you to leave, so it's up to you, Mr. Fortune.
0: Okay, fellas, I'm in. I go back to my room to think things over, and it occurs to me that maybe I'd better get a gander at the inside of that chromium nightmare out in the barn before I really commit myself on this job. So I wait for dark and then sneak out back. There's a guard standing out outside the hangar, and I strike up a conversation with him. Holt! Oh. oh, hi, Emil. Oh, it's you, Mr. Fortune. Yeah, I left my cigarette case inside. Uh, can I get it? Um, oh, I guess it's all right. The professor's inside working on the ship. Thanks, pal. Daniel opens the doors and I go inside. professor and Milton are inside a little glass office over a drawing board. I can hear him talking as I sneak past.
1: What do you think, Hans? Another 100,000 will do it. You think he'll go for it? Of course he'll go for it. Okay, I'll make out the bills are laden.
2: What should I make it? Titanium and platinum for the preheating coils. You better spell it.
1: I'll write it for you.
2: Maybe we should lay off. Nonsense.
1: I suppose you're right.
2: Are the fuel supplies already.
1: I put them in the tanks this morning.
2: Good. We have to be careful. What was that?
1: Mice, probably, but sound like somebody in the hangar. Well, you better check. We can't take a chance at this point. Okay. Anybody out here? Anybody here? If you're out here, you better come out now, or you'll be dead. <laughs>
0: ice they heard was me and my big feet stumbling up the ladder to the inside of the ship. So I make the rest of the trip with my shoes off. But it's touch and go all the way when Milton starts to climb the ladder behind me. Now there's nothing to do but slip into the cabin of the ship, which is as black as the inside of a ballpoint pen. And I'm praying that Milton will get tired of climbing, but I hear his feet on the iron steps.
2: You see anything? No. Well, check the inside of the ship. Okay. Uh,
0: turn on the lights. Lights go on and I dive into a locker marked fuel tank. Don't open. I get the lid on just as Milton sticks the muzzle of his forty-five into the cabin.
2: Anybody in here? You see anything? It's empty. All right. Come on down. I'll switch off the lights.
0: I hear Milton go down the steps, I strike a match to see where I'm located. I put it out in the biggest hurry since Paul Revere's ride. The fuel tank is loaded to the giblets with sticks of ordinary blasting dynamite. So I climb out and decide maybe I'd better have a look around, which I do. What I find is so interesting, I don't even notice it when the door of the cabin slides open again.
1: Okay, Fortune, get him up high.
0: I thought you left.
1: I did. But
0: the guard mentioned that
1: you were inside.
0: He came up quiet as a mouse. Or should I say a rat?
1: What you say don't matter much, because you won't be able to talk at all pretty soon. Ah,
2: I see Mr. Fortune has been snooping around.
0: That's right, pal, and I've seen some pretty fascinating things, too. Really? Uh-huh. This is a real crazy rocket ship you got here, man. In what way, Mr. Fortune? Well, for instance, you take them bulkheads. They're the first genuine 12-ounce canvas duck bulkheads painted to look like metal i ever seen. Also, they're marked Property Room Magnum Picture Studios Incorporated. Then you take them two-foot walls over there, solid tin. Or that phony control room with the stovepipe rocket tubes. This thing's built like a cardboard display model. Mr. Fortune is very observant.
2: Ain't he? A very
0: unfortunate habit.
1: Very unfortunate.
0: Very unfortunate for you characters when the colonel finds out you milk them for five million bucks to build a ship out of old beer cans.
2: It would be if he found out, but he won't. Sooner or later he'll poke around. No, Mr. Fortune. You see, tomorrow morning we make our test flight. Pal, you couldn't get this erector set off the ground with a derrick. We aren't interested in getting it off the ground. You may have noticed the rather unusual fuel we carry. trinitrotoluene, known as TNT.
0: Hmm. I
2: begin to see it. Yes. When the initial rockets go off, there will be a case of acute engine failure. The ship will go up in a cloud of dust. And Milton and I will retire to a small island with three and a half million dollars to try to figure out what went wrong. Oh, brother, what a swindle this is. It is a masterpiece, isn't it? Yeah,
0: and I was slated to go up in the smoke along with the ship.
2: Unfortunately, yes. We had to hire someone to make it convincing. Rocket to the moon, they say. You ought to call it rocket to the morgue. For you, Mr. Fortune, it will be exactly that. You see, you are going to make the journey... As planned. Milton jabs his persuader in my
0: spine and marches me back to the house. I spend a quiet night staring down the muzzle of a 45. And the first thing in the morning, Professor knocks on the door, lugging what looks like fifty pounds of old inner tubes.
2: Milton! Is everything ready? I informed the Colonel we're testing the ship at eight o'clock. Here, Fortune, climb into this. What is this? A spacesuit complete with two-way radio communication and oxygen. If you press this button, you'll be able to communicate with whomever has the earphones for the receiving set. That's me. Yeah, like a walkie-talkie, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Here's the receiver, Milton. All right, Mr. Fortune, into
0: the suit. Now, wait a minute. Is this thing guaranteed to work? A guy can suffocate inside a sack like that.
2: It will work as long as you will need it, Mr. Fortune. About one hour.
0: I'm in of the Buck Rogers outfit, and Milton screws the aluminum helmet on my head. By the time he gets finished stopping on the lead boots and the oxygen tanks, I look like Marsh and Sam, the Minstrel Man. Milton turns on the oxygen, and we go outside where the Colonel and Helen Crandall are waiting for us alongside a jeep.
1: Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Everything ready for the big moment?
2: Everything is in order. We've just tested Mr. Fortune's spacesuit. <laughs>
0: he
1: seems agitated. What's he saying? Turn on the two-way receiver and listen on the airphones. What is it, Mr. Fortune?
0: Get me out of this thing. I can't breathe. What's he say? He
1: says he's impatient to start the experiment.
0: That isn't what I said. Colonel, it's a fraud. They're going to blow this whole thing up.
1: What's he say? He says he feels confident he'll make it all the way to the moon. Bully
0: for him. Oh, you
2: dirty
1: rotten... Uh, no point in wasting the batteries. The ship
2: is ready, gentlemen. Shall we go?
1: Well, now, before we get into the jeep, I think we should drink a toast. I have a small flask here. That's a good idea. (laughs)
2: There you are. To the success of our noble experiment.
1: Now, uh, to that heroic gentleman who's going to make this historic flight, Mr. Rocky Fortune. Uh, Fortune! Fortune! He's driving off! Archie, come back here! Come back, I you! He's
0: going right through the barbed wire! So long, Milton. Get the car after him. See you on Mars, pal. I come the jeeps through the barbed wire and make it with a few punches. I take off across the desert until the buggy won't go anymore. And I head for the rocks on foot, which ain't easy when you're wearing lead boots. The trouble with these space suits is that you can't get out of them without three mechanics and a blowtorch. Anyway, after about 20 minutes of dragging myself along, I'm surprised to contact what looks like a human being, but I can't be sure. Easy there, Minnie. Easy, girl. Uh, Let's just settle down here and cook up some grub. Sure gets lonesome prospecting out in these rocks, huh, girl? Yes, sir. Three months on this desert, a man's liable to start seeing things. Hey! hey what's that? It's me! Holy smokes, a Martian's are landed. take to the hills. Oh, the pup get me out of the suit! Hey, we gotta keep calm, Minnie. Maybe it's a friendly Martian. Of course, I'm friendly, get me out of the suit! Sure does talk funny. Meet the me, Earthman!
1: Friend! You got that me, Earthman! Friend. He's fighting to my knife, Minnie. What
0: do you suppose he wants? Get me out of the suit before I suffocate the oxygen running out. I can't understand your lingo, Mr. Martian. I'm (coughs) suffocating. Help! Why, he's fainted, Minnie. What do you suppose is the matter with him? Maybe we better get him out of that there crazy suit. The oxygen gives out, and all of a sudden the world does a quick blackout. When the lights go on inside my brain, I'm flat on my back in very familiar surroundings. Looking down on my baby blues is the ugly face of my good friend Milton. Oh, <coughs> what happened?
1: Take it easy, pal. It's coming out of it, Prof. It's fine. Oh, you. Where am I now? In the rocket ship, pal. The old, the prospect of the desert. The old prospector took you out of that spacesuit just in time.
0: Uh, how do I get here?
1: He saw you were just a man. He tied you to his mule and brought you right to the house. Convenient, huh? Swell. So the professor and me took you back into the ship
0: to get you ready for the trip. Ah, uh, you
2: scum. Make sure he's tied up, Milton. I'll go down and keep the colonel cooled off. Right. And as soon as you get clear of the launching platform, I'll set off the chart.
0: I hope you don't make it you your punk.
2: Thank you. Well, Mr. Fortune, Bon voyage. <laughs>
0: There I am, right back in the soup. The professor goes down the iron ladder and Milton bends over to tie me up. I don't have enough strength left to lick a poster stamp, but I figure it's now or never. So I make the supreme effort. Hold
1: still. I'm ticklish. You won't be for long.
0: Listen, before you tie me up, one favor, huh?
1: Now go
0: on. I'll bend over. I'm too weak. I'm too weak to shout. What's on your mind? This oxygen tank is on my mind. Yeah, what about it? I'd like to put it on your mind. Don't ask me how I did it, but somehow I managed to tip over one of those iron tanks over into Milton's head. He goes out like a sick firefly. I know I'll never leave the hangar alive, but the professor can help it, so I decide to change clothes with my muscular friend Milton. It takes a couple of seconds, and I pull down the hat, take his gun, and climb down the ladder. Two seconds later, I'm out of the barn and head for the concrete shelter where the professor and the colonel are going to watch.
1: Here comes Milton. We'll we'll give him time to get clear. I can't understand what made that boy chicken out at the last minute. We managed to convince him to go through with it.
0: Colonel, don't let him do it. Ah,
1: nonsense girl. This is a historic moment.
0: Ready, Milton?
1: He's waving his hat. Let her go, Professor. Right.
2: Look out! Everybody all right?
1: I'm all right.
2: What happened? The fuel tanks must have exploded.
1: Poor Rocky.
2: Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah,
0: ain't it a shame though? What? Don't move, Herman, or I'll blast your skull. What's
1: the meaning of this, Fortune? Why aren't you on your way to Mars? I
0: found out I forgot to buy a round trip ticket, Colonel.
1: Sir, I demand to know. Just go
0: over and take a look at that load of junk that this swindler just blew up inside your barn. Junk, sir. Don't believe it. These characters swindled you out of five million bucks, Colonel. That rocket ship is nothing but paper mache and mucilas. He's insane. Am I? Here. Here's a piece of metal that blew out of the barn just a minute ago. That does look like a part of the tail fin. Yeah, on one side it looks for real, all shiny silver paint. But if you turn it over, it's the first tail fin you ever saw that says Rappaport selected sardines. Let's go, Professor. What? Why, the boy's absolutely right.
1: I tried to tell you. You swindling coyote, I ordered... Save
0: it, Colonel, save it. The government's got a place for this character. And it ain't built out of old beer cans, either. NBC has presented Frank Sinatra as that footloose and fancy-free young gentleman, Rocky Fortune... Others in tonight's cast include Howard Culver, Don Diamond, Dan Riss, Edith Terry, and William Oiler. Tonight's script was written by George Lefferts. and C. Love directed.
2: Now, to tell you about
0: next week's adventure, here's Frank Sinatra as Rocky Fortune. Did I ever tell you about the time I decided to find a new room because I found out they were using my old mailbox as a numbers draft? Sure, I found a room, all right, but I almost had to give up my lease on life along with the first month's rent, which was payable in blood. Tell you about it next week. See you around. Thursday, hear the Academy Awards presentation on the NBC radio network.